I went into bed at like 8pm, read fanfiction until like midnight, and then fell asleep. Amazing. How are your dreams, my love? Are you okay? (laughs) Funnily enough, I never really remember what I dream, unless it's like an actual like nightmare that fully wakes me up in a panic, which doesn't happen often, like. That rarely happens. That's the only time I kind of remember what I've been dreaming. Otherwise, I never remember anything. Do you know that's like a... So I don't know what my dreams are like. That's like a neurodivergent (laughs) thing, is to still have nightmares at like an older age. Yeah, I need to talk to my therapist, don't I? Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Grease. My name's Adrian. And I'm Alex. And today we have a special guest. Special guest, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Henry, a.k.a. Hen. My pronouns are they, he, and I'm one of the people Adrian likes to traumatize over on the Coming Together Naturally podcast. <laughs> yeah, I do I do be doing that, but isn't that what D&D's for, you know? Just trauma, <laughs> trauma, and trauma. Essentially. I mean, with my backstory, I kind of asked for it, so I can't really complain. <laughs> yeah, no. So I run another podcast on the side. And, what? Uh, you were there yesterday, <laughs> like last week. Yeah, you are also now guest starring on said podcast. I also traumatized the group. No, you, you did a therapy session and it was very helpful. <laughs> Yes, they needed that so yeah. badly. Yeah, 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 we did. We really did. <laughs> I th- it was like, this group is falling apart in my hands like shredded chicken. <laughs> just falling. And whose fault I, is that? Hmm? Me! I yeah. did that. All, it wasn't <laughs> all that. me. It wasn't all me. <laughs> I, I just brought a story, and y'all play it out as you wish. And I, I keep my hands pretty far back until i need to but when i do something it's very intentional for the most part would you say that it came together naturally well right now it seems like everything's falling apart (laughs) everything's falling apart nothing is coming together (laughs) see the name's a misnomer Uh... (laughs) oh no it's a trick it's a trick you thought this was wholesome fun nah we're yelling at each other (laughs) but yeah so i was asking for hey would any of my players want to come on my little podcast and they're like henry's like dude me (laughs) i'm editing this (laughs) yeah my head went at least i'm not editing this (laughs) (laughs) yeah henry is the other podcast uh editor and Along with Sabrina, who may be on sooner or later. Definitely, probably. Yeah, no, but yeah, you said, like, is anybody interested in being on the podcast? I was like, me. (laughs) So thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And we're going to talk about uh, a little subject we've talked about before, but in in the, you know, from a different angle, you know. Me and Carlos talked about diversity and gaming more along the lines of race, uh, but this we're going to talk a little bit more along the lines of gender and sexuality. So yeah, I think that to start us off, uh, or Henry, do you want to start us off, or do you want me to kind of like? I mean, it's just the same take it did at episode eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I can say, like, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because for the longest time, like, I tried getting into tabletop games, and I was like, this is not for me. At the time, I was still, like, more female presenting, and I was like, I didn't feel welcome as, like, a queer woman um, into the space. And it, I kept hearing some stories, and I kept trying a little bit. And I had kind of written it off for me. Um, and it took some time to find like good groups and 
places where I felt safe. And uh, that was part of the reason why I really wanted to be on a podcast such as Coming Together Naturally to like have even more of that representation out there. Yeah. From my perspective of like, it was very brief when I understood like how difficult and how kind of people, individuals who had, you know, were queer would come into a space because like one of my, like th- two or three years ago when I started Curse of Strahd, ha, we're still talking about ah. it. Uh, <laughs> um, somebody was like, hey, is this a queer friendly campaign? And part of me was like, I never thought of it like that need to be said. I just like, hey, this is just a campaign. And I didn't know people were very fucking rude <laughs> and yeah m- misogynistic and just like homophobic like that mm-hmm. that didn't come to my mind when i played a fantasy game mm-hmm. like we're here to escape like reality and they're just there to do a fucking power trip apparently yeah because i have been that person who's asked like oh is this game queer friendly is this group okay with queer people and every time I've asked, the response has been like, oh, yeah, like, of course. And it's not like they're not outright calling uh, me slurs or whatever or, like, throwing me out or anything. But it's still like you feel like this isn't – you still kind of feel, like, left out, I guess, because they don't really – a lot of times, it's especially, like, cis straight men who play D&D, and they don't really understand – and then there will be like some jokes that are kind of misogynistic and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, this is still not the space for me. Even though they're like saying that, oh yeah, no, like we're, you know, we're open and like we're cool. And then you realize you're not as cool as you think you are, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been that person who's asked that for games. Been like, is this queer friendly? Yeah. I think I followed up with that message was like, hey, um, can you tell me a little bit about what's been like going on in the, the space so I can, one, be more knowledgeable about it, but two, but if you need somebody that's like okay with that, yeah, dude, if you just need a bunch of you know, all your friends to just be able to play in a safe place, I could be that person. They never responded. They probably either were worried still or you know, found a different game, which I hope they found a different game. Well, I think that's hard because there's a lot to unpack when you start thinking about what it looks like to have like a heteronormative game versus having one that is inclusive. Just things that you say day to day, you're like, oh, if I take that out of my normal lens with all the regular people I talk to and maybe I surround myself with more traditional presenting and and lifestyles or whatever i don't want to say like lifestyles like that it's not it's not like that if you just surround yourself with people who just maybe are not familiar with the change in vocabulary it it's a lot you know i i can see just in my day-to-day what spaces i inhabit that are very open and friendly and honest and have done some of that work and then i see spaces that you're like oh fuck like maybe we don't say that and especially working with children there are a lot of things that just naturally come out from people that you're like "Ooh, that um i i know hurts like i know that either through my own experience or with people that i've known and and seen and so you know it's not as obvious sometimes as seeing people of color because somebody looks different from you but it's just like a, a constant like you know, I'm by in these spaces, right? So I have some identity and I've held some of the, I held, I held some understanding of what's going on. And like, I, I even don't feel comfortable completely coming out in spaces. So I couldn't imagine if I don't feel comfortable coming out in spaces and I look like I'm heteronormative and I have an opposite sex partner, I have somebody I look like. I fit in, but not feeling like I fit in, 
it's con- like it's a constant nagging in your head of like, oh my god, am I gonna do something? Am I gonna say something? Do they break my trust? And then how do I how do I either live with that or do I move on from this group and hope that I find somebody better? Exactly. Yeah. I just talked a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay, yeah. Oh no, you talked a lot on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out back to what you were saying, Adrian, that you hadn't really thought about it and wasn't entirely sure how to respond to that question. A very easy thing for me in spaces a lot of time is simply when people are like, are you comfortable sharing your pronouns? That immediately like then them asking the question opens up like, cause I'm like, you probably wouldn't be asking if they're, if they're not going to care at all, you know? And especially if I see other people have been sharing their pronouns and stuff, that's like an immediate like, okay, this is, this is good. So I remember for coming together naturally on the like form for the application, one of the questions was like, oh, what are your pronouns? And I went like, okay, because I was actually going to message Sabrina as well, being like, is this queer friendly? Is it going to be queer friendly? And then I looked at the application form and just from that, I was like, okay, cool. We're going to be okay, basically. The secret symbols of what you have to look for (laughs) in order just to know, you know, on campus, you know, the, the offices that have the ally sticker or they have something that you would have the understanding that there, there is some sort of level of safe space. But, um, have you ever found a, it looked safe space, but then it turned out to be not a safe space. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, so this wasn't specifically for gaming, but I have seen, like, queer groups where it's like, oh, yeah, like, where this is, like, a safe space or whatever. But then it's been particularly, like, oh, this is a safe space for women, specifically. But then you go and you realize they're not allowing trans women, for example. And, or, like even like anybody who's like trans femme uh but then obviously like if you but then they're like wanting people who are trans masculine to like to like oh but i'm like you're welcome like you're cool and it's just like it is i've seen a lot of those spaces specifically that are trying to be like safe for women but it's essentially just cis women oof that's a heavy topic. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> but it's, the, it's the reality of it because, yeah, and I've seen other queer spaces as well. When uh, this was specifically like, uh, I found this gaming group in my hometown, and I again I asked, "Are you okay with queer people?" And they're like, "Yeah, cool." And I also saw that the leader for the group had a rainbow flag on their like profile picture and seemed to be in a same-sex relationship and so I was like okay cool and again I very quickly realized taking part in that group that okay yeah it's a safe space for gay men gay cis men it's a safe space for them but not really no like not, and again it wasn't like they were uh, really like rude or like anything it's just you know they didn't really understand everything there were some she just wasn't made to feel like, oh, I can truly be myself here without, like, throwing them off, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there still are even levels of acceptability within communities, right? Yeah. We may overall accept the idea of being gay. Okay, you like somebody of your same gender. Sure. We can accept that. That's fine. But then once you start going into what it actually looks like to be a human and how you feel like you are yourself, that becomes a little less understanding, you know? Yeah. And I can't... I, how do you... Did you ever feel like you were just looking for, like, your white whale and, like, that you could never find a space that was just 100% henry a bit yeah and i think specifically for me as well when i was starting to look for these kinds of groups a part of it was uh 
having heard some stories, but not really a lot. But I, there was like a part of me that's like, I want to play with gender in a game where I can be like, yeah, this I'm gonna be playing a big strong man, like you know, uh, and like trying to explore in that way. And for the longest time, I didn't think that was actually going to be possible. But then what changed that? I just uh, to bring the mood up a little bit. I'm gonna <laughs> talk about how I figured out how D and D can be a really good safe space to explore gender. And that was actually when I first started watching uh, Dimension 20's The Unsleeping City. And for the longest time, like I had already kind of written off tabletop by then. I had tried a bit and I tried watching Critical Role. Couldn't get into it. I have since been able to get into it. Do not come for me. But (laughs) at the time I had tried watching Critical Role, I was like, this is not for me. And then uh, one of my good friends at the time was like, no, you need to watch The Unsleeping City. And I was like, no, I'm not interested. And like, no, you need you need to watch this. And I was like, no. And then he said, at least the introduction of the first character. And I don't know if you guys have seen The Unsleeping City. Yeah. I'm finally on track. Look at me. Yay! I can say that I've seen it. Yeah. Adrian? Yes, yes, yes. I'm at the seven right yeah. now. So minor spoilers for The Unsleeping City, but this is literally first episode, first character introduction. It's not that big of a deal, but slight spoilers. But yeah, so the first person we meet is Pete the Plug. And within the first like five minutes... We learned, like, very early, we learned that Pete is auntie, has recently recovered from top surgery, and is basically, like, openly trans. And I remember seeing that, and I was like, wait, you can do that in D&D? Like, you can just, you can just say you've had top surgery? <laughs> I was like, oh my god. And I, I was like, oh my god, I need to watch this and see where this goes. And then... Uh, I obviously fell in love with Pete. Amazing. And it was just so cool for me to see. And obviously, uh, Ali, who plays Pete, like, big shout out to Ali, who's also non-binary. And I was like, it gave me a hope that, you know, there is space for me in this community. Because I could see how the other players, is all. it was just a cool thing. And specifically in the Unsleeping City as well, I think it's really cool. Because essentially... They're all just people. Like, all the characters are just, like, people. They're human. Like, just existing as well. With, like, a weird shit going on, obviously. But, like, essentially, they're also just people. And I was like, this is so cool. And then I started watching uh, Fantasy High, which also has amazing queer representation. And that kind of made me realize, like, oh, yeah, no, there is space for me here in this community. And... Having watched the way Brennan DMs, I felt confident enough to DM myself. So I made my own space as the DM for people that I know to have like a queer game. And then I essentially learned I had to go online to find people. So that's what I've done. I went online and I met so many amazing people who are very queer friendly and queer themselves. So, yeah. And I think that's okay to to look and dig because I know in my podcasting, you know, I know some podcasts that I wouldn't be like, yeah, that's inclusive. Like I feel 100% okay. You know, sometimes there are moments of like, yikes, did you think about that? Or you go and look at the time because I think the time is also important that like something done in 2013, yeah, I think should get a little bit of grace. Um, mm-hmm. I don't completely agree with 100% cancel culture. I understand that there's a level of accountability, but to completely cancel something because somebody said something one time, you know, 10 years ago, I think mm-hmm. yep. shows that there's a level of scared, right? To change. Like, we can change. As long as I think with cancel culture specifically, if there is, if you can see there's improvement, if you can see they've taken accountability, they've taken the steps to get better, then... Yeah, like, even just looking at things from, like, 2018, not that long ago, (laughs) you can see some things like, oh, yeah, times have changed, you know? (laughs) Uh, And I I wonder what it's going to look like in, like, even 
five more years, we're going to look back at things that came out now and be like, hmm, maybe we should have thought more about this specific thing. Uh, but I think that I think it's a good thing that, you know, we're all constantly learning and we're all trying to be better. But I think as well, I think it's good that people are at least trying to be more inclusive, more diverse, having more representation, even if not everything is 100% perfect. We're going to keep getting better. We're going to be learning from that. And hopefully it will only, yeah, it will only be better and better. And we'll see even more representation. (laughs) In my journey on this earth, I've realized that the things that make me feel the most uncomfortable are usually the things I've got to open up. So um, I don't know if I've ever talked about my feelings on Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus on the Sailor Moon uh show but i remember loving sailor neptune and being like oh my god i that's that's what i want that's my magical girl that's what i want to do and then being quickly like oh my god that can't be me because she's gay (gasps) i can't be gay she can't i can't you can't do that you can't god forbid you associate me with being gay and then you know as a child thinking that right and then growing up and being like oh wait hold on Let's talk about this. And then and then realizing what that actually meant for me in my life. And like, hey, you you probably like more than just boys. <gasps> oh, no. And like being able to explore that uncomfortable feeling without completely shutting down has opened up my life to having better relationships and being able to explore things and talk about ways to be on this planet i mean we don't there's enough going on we don't need any extra help of like shutting people down from what they want to do unless it's like hurting other people or hurting themselves like but if you want to be you then fucking be you and you'll be able to find those safe spaces and if you can't find them create them and then just like you're doing henry show other representation and support places that are representing if they're not perfect that's great okay it's okay um but there are podcasts that you know or there are tabletop games and there are things happening that are representing and making sure they're doing it not all i don't i don't want to adventure zoning beginning where it's all boys it's a bunch of brothers being together as boys and stereotypical fashion dick jokes and fart jokes and whatever (laughs) yeah because girls don't make fart jokes oh never never uh (laughs) but um jumping off with that i wanted to also point out like good ways to explore your own gender or sexuality like within tabletop two very good game systems for that is a system called misspent youth I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but where you play teen delinquents, basically, it's a lot of fun. You help create the world together with the game master. It's been a a few years since I played this. That was very cool. And that was the first time I was looking at my character sheet and they have like a space for like gender and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to put a non-binary here and put they them and nobody batted an eye. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. that I don't even remember that much about the specific character or whatever, but I just remember when everybody was referring to me using like they them pronouns, I was like, okay, yeah, no, this is this is right. And finding that in different games has been really cool and like playing different genders but different characters and like doing all that exploring or even with like sexuality. Uh, it's such a good way to explore that if you are in a safe space with safe people. Uh, but yeah, specifically Misfit Youth and then also Monster Hearts are two systems that I think make it even easier to do that than D&D. So, yeah. Yeah, it's more focused on the social aspect instead of just um, we're, Yeah, we're going to fight some honesty, uh, monsters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've... I don't think my... The way I make this campaign is very heavy on fighting right now. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> but it's still very, very good. 
Thank you. But it does feel like even the the you know short stint I played with y'all, it doesn't feel like that's where your players really want to be anyways. They want that more social aspect and less combat heavy. Like, yeah, the combat is there, but it's more about feelings and that's still a valid way to D and D. It's also a lot about like identity. I think mm-hmm. especially with my character is going through a very specific identity crisis. Very different. Not like a gender crisis or sexuality crisis. <laughs> just a, like, who the fuck am I crisis in what general. In Anybody can. Just a normal sort of life crisis. So, yeah. We, I think identity is a big part of our story. Yeah, and I think they're just really interested. Like, Adrian. Why are you fucking with us? Who's who's the culprit? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, told yeah. them. I think like roughly when I got the the, the position because I did like a, a tryout. So it was like I got a three arc story for you. I know where it's gonna end. I know where it's going. But uh, yeah, let's just work around the first arc. <laughs> and they just want to know. And I, I told them like like hey, I think that. I know it's a little combat dry, but things are going to happen. So don't worry about it. We got it's going to happen. I think as well that like when combat does happen, it feels more important, if that makes sense. Or like it, we get even more stressed by the combat. It's like, oh, this is (laughs) very significant, you know, in a way that in other games that is more combat heavy like mm-hmm. we like we're just like okay yeah cool we're in combat again but here the few times it has happened it's been like oh shit we're in combat like oh no I think like it was the first or it was the first episode we had combat correct mm-hmm. very short right. very short short very short very easy and then they fought something else and they knocked out and then they fought something else and they we knocked out well, y'all beat this. this oh yeah, we did. We did. Like, we did. We, yeah, they yeah, talked yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, we talked. Well, basically, we talked. <laughs> we talked it out, and then we had another big combat where we got knocked out again. <laughs> I, I mean, just like this, the situations were just like. Well, one of them was like, "Please stop doing this," and then the other one's like, "Y'all jumped a base." Uh, okay, <laughs> level threes. <laughs> These are there's a bunch of people here. Listen, mistakes were made, <laughs> but we learned from it, and we got a lot of information. We mm-hmm. we genuinely like learned a lot, and the movie, uh, the the story, moved in a very different way. I think from yes, because yes. of that decision, even though you were you were like you were dangling that in front of me you were like daring me to do that as well so it wasn't only my fault oh like how could i not you just put the (laughs) option on a silver platter right in front of me so (laughs) look you you said you're interested i'm gonna i'm gonna give y'all what you want (laughs) and if it happens to be behind a bunch of traps and a base and things like that well so be it (laughs) I mean, sometimes the rogue's got a rogue. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, I fully, uh, I fully appreciate it. But <laughs> I think that, like, I think I'm starting to get more conscious about the way I play, and including diversity in my NPCs. Which part of me was always like, the the wait, the barmaid's a woman. <laughs> the innkeeper's a man and things like that and i'm like hey i'm like a broken record dude (laughs) and i'm just like and none of them i don't all of them are hetero but i don't play into that and i'm just like or they just don't i don't i'm worried about like what characters are bringing and i'm just like i should probably put some representation just because just because I don't think about it right away doesn't mean that it shouldn't happen. You know, it should be a more conscious effort. I think similarly to what kind of like 
you know how Carlos says, like, ask for diversity. Well, if I'm also playing the DM, I should also be putting in diversity. They shouldn't all be like, ah, it's an elven wizard. Like, why can't I have an orc wizard? You know, like subvert the expectation, I guess. Stop doing the same old basic thing. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I I, I think on that thought as well, I remember I made my backstory and made a few NPCs and I was like, listen, a lot of these are queer queer, or like use very specific pronouns and stuff. And uh, I was also like, yeah, I don't know, Adrian, how many like non-binary characters you have in the game already or gender fluid characters, but here are a few. Yeah, you're welcome. I think when we did our first <laughs> session zero, I'm like, "Hey, what do you want this character's pronouns to mm-hmm. be?" And I think that was very important for the backstory because I think yeah. it was very important for you to have one representation, mm-hmm. but two, be, have a hand in creating the story as well. Because I'm trying to make sure that y'all have some sort of input because I think otherwise it's just me blabbing about a story you know it's us telling a story together kind of thing and and i think that's such an important part and we do talk about that a lot even not with the frame of gender and sexuality within the game like we we talk about that with everything right what are you experiencing your life that maybe you need to experience in the game as a third party away from it being a hundred percent connected to you? What does that look like in the RPG space? You know, what, what, what does your life look like and what would you like your life to look like? And if you do have an issue, it's not you dealing with the issue. It's your character dealing with an issue. And that can be a lot that can be helpful especially, you know, we've talked a lot about mental health and and all of that too. So taking a second and actually making your character choices or your NPCs intentional changes the game and makes it, I think, a better experience. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it is very important to talk about, like when you go into a new campaign as well. And again, just going back to like how to, essentially create a safe space uh it's important to have a conversation about like what topics are people comfortable being brought up or you know like like are we going to be exploring a story of like somebody's trying to figure out like their gender but there are transphobes in the world and all that like and that's a story that's been told many times but is that something that we want to do because for a lot of people that like going through that and like hearing those stories are also important but that or do we just want somebody who's like yeah i'm queer and we exist and like that's just the thing and we're moving on like you know and it's important to have those conversations as well like when you're creating like the safe space like you need to talk with your place about what kind of space do they want it to be essentially yeah I think that's important. Like, are you here to escape or are you here to tell your kind of your point of view of how things have been and how you've overcome it? Came it. Um, yeah, no, I think it's very important. Oh, I just, I do want to drop this for, and there is an individual who's ace, um, but I don't think y'all know who it is yet. It's just dropping a little nugget of dropping a little nugget we love that we need <laughs> we need to see more uh ace representation i don't think there's enough of that in general but yeah, yeah. Uh, is this where i plug uh this is not a tabletop podcast it's a horror <laughs> podcast called the magnus archives where the main character is ace again it's it's a horror podcast it a relationship so it's not gonna it's, it's not the focus let's just put it yeah. like that it's not the focus but it's a very queer like I, I when i started listening to it i didn't expect it to be like i knew it was kind of like queer friendly i knew it wasn't like horrible but i was just like this is a horror podcast i didn't expect those kind of things to be brought up yeah like when they slightly say like my husband and stuff like that and yeah like ah 
Yeah, so the way they do it in the Minus Narcos is pretty good. And yeah, the main character is Ace. So if you're looking for some good representation, there you go. I'm on episode 13 and things that they just introduced a new person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Episode 13 is the first time you hear another person's voice on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a while to get into it. Uh, but once it gets going, it get it it gets really good. All right. Awesome. Um, is there any kind of media that made you feel like, hey, we're moving in the right direction? Because I know I have some queer friends who are just like, oh my god, I love Shira, I love Owl House, I love yes, things yes, like yes, that. Yes, 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 all of what you're saying right now. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> also for me, Steven Universe, Shira, Steven yes, Universe. the Owl House, yes. There's the new show that just came out, Our Flag Means Death, yes. We love, there's some books that I love, um, Cemetery Boys, amazing Latina representation, uh, trans representation, gay, it's a, it's an amazing book. Uh, I have a lot of stuff, honestly, like I could go on about like different things, but <laughs> yeah, uh, in terms of tabletop games, I think, again, Dimension 20 has been doing a really good job, and um uh, there are also like uh, two, uh, some degree like uh, Dungeons and Daddies as well. Those are two pretty good uh, shows to check out. Join the Party is also another one in case you need another D and D podcast. <laughs> uh, the one but, of the main characters mm-hmm. is non-binary. Uh, oh, also coming together naturally. Yeah, obviously uh, coming together naturally. <laughs> obviously, we've got gender fluid characters. We've got non-binary characters. We've got bi characters. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, if you just need a little bit of everything today, come down to coming together naturally. Yeah. We got you. We got and you. if you don't also, see it, half flood happy coming. hour. <laughs> yeah, it is. But half flood happy hour as well, which is another podcast by some of our wonderful friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tales from also has representation. Yes, <laughs> we love that. We love that about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we. I mean, in in saying of like at the very beginning where you're like, I couldn't find that space, so I made it. I feel like with the podcast, I've like made a more conscious effort to be like make that material for other individuals that aren't just me you know it's not just i want it to be inclusive as possible so i can you know talk to tell more people's stories and be able to connect and understand others in a way that i haven't had before and i think it's a very important mm-hmm. very you know fun time I, i'm i'm enjoying my time with our group of podcasters yeah no i am like in again with coming together naturally where you don't put i don't feel like we put like a huge focus on it but i think that's also good because it's just there are queer characters and they're just here being queer but then they're also like this stuff's not the main focus of the story right which isn't Mm -hmm. a bad thing um but yeah i think i'm very excited to see how it goes and uh, to explore i think uh, we're going to be exploring more of the world in general as well so we're going to probably meet a lot of new people i would like to pitch my idea that i had while watching um the timeless classic love is blind on netflix <laughs> um i need a love is blind where genders don't matter yes i need everybody to be in the booths mm-hmm. together and i mm-hmm. want i want to see that Yes. So Netflix, please make this happen. Mm-hmm. All right, you'll send Netflix. I'll watch take my check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be. I would actually watch that. I have not been watching Love Is Blind, but that I would watch. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, season two is well worth the time and effort because you're like, this is it's trash. Like, <laughs> I'm going to admit that. One of Michael and I's favorite pastime is watching trashy TV. I love Survivor. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to be on an episode of, or dying to be on a season of Survivor. So if I go missing for 30 days, y'all know what happened. <laughs> but the like watching 
I know it's editing, so I know part of it, but like watching them come together, I think would be much more fulfilling, especially in this day and age, because I'm tired of seeing like cisgendered men falling with cisgendered women and like you've got all versions of the white woman showing up. Cool, great, I love it, but I'm tired of it and I think throwing in some little a little queerness to it would be extra spicy but maybe we also stay away from tropes of being queer but like you know (laughs) i watch the l word too i mean i like my trash (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair (laughs) i do also want to point out you said like seeing if we're moving in the right direction and i wanted to speak specifically because I'm from Norway. We haven't mentioned that yet, but yeah. <laughs> I'm Norwegian. I'm from Norway. Oh, yeah. Henry's Norwegian. accepted for wherever and... you were on the earth. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was, I think, was a part of the reason why I went like online, because especially where I live, there's not that many people, and most of the people here, they're white, cis, straight people, you know? And so that's what, part of the reason why I had to like go online but you also asked earlier like is there stuff that makes me think we're going in the right direction and there was actually a new comic Norwegian comic that's uh there's only two volumes so far and I'm loving it and it's by a queer artist who has written and illustrated the comic and it's about queer elves the main character uses the Norwegian gender neutral pronoun, which is the first time I've seen that in any media. The the n- pronouns that I use in Norwegian myself like actually being used. And I remember seeing this book like on an ad. I saw it on a Facebook ad. And this is the first time I've seen a Facebook ad and I've been like, Facebook I'm buying this algorithm. It's the first time I actually bought something off of Facebook. <laughs> because I saw an ad and it, it was through an actual bookshop that I know, like, it wasn't just some random stuff on Facebook, but, like, so it was through Facebook that I found it. And I remember reading the blurb, and they were using the gender-neutral pronouns for the main character. And I actually started crying because I'm like, this is a story about elves. It's a story about dragons. It's a story about, like, magic and, like, all this fantasy that we also don't have a lot of within Norwegian media. A lot of it is just, like, mystery and, like, crime. Is most of what we have from Norwegian creators. So seeing this, I was like, oh my God, we get more fantasy, but also it's like very queer. And it made me so happy. Uh, what's the what's the word? The, so the, the name of yeah. it, it translated is The Dragon's Eye. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the series. It's by Charlotte Sandman, I believe is her name. There you go. But yeah, I remember seeing that and like crying and being like, okay, we're going in the right direction here. Even in my own country, like we're seeing more representation within our books and TV shows and everything. I'm going to be honest and I love language and I love listening and, and thinking about how different cultures put their languages together And it did not dawn on me until this very moment when you said it, how important it is to hear your gender pronouns in your native language, in the language that you have, like just, I, I, I would feel like it feels like a warm hug of like somebody is using my heart language to identify me and how magical that is. And so, you know, if you are making media, put those pronouns in people's languages oh that's so magical i'm so excited for you henry thanks yeah it was so cool because at that point i've seen you know heard a lot of people using you know they them and there have been a bit like there's been quite a few non-binary characters in the media who use to stay them pronouns not enough but we're getting there we're seeing more and more and we love that but still that was like a thing that i'm like there's quite a bit of it out there and I remember I had been looking for something in Norwegian and there wasn't really anything. I also remember there were some like translations of stuff where they should have been using like gender neutral pronouns and they just had avoided using pronouns. They just didn't use any. 
which really sucked. So seeing that it's now become a thing makes me very, very happy. That's magic. What are your pronouns in Norwegian? Like, what what is that? <laughs> so fun story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My pronouns in Norwegian is hen. <laughs> so, hen, hen. So the hen, thing hen. is, fun, fun story. Let me just put this, because this is actually really funny. So my dead name actually starts with Henry, and then it's just a long, we don't need to get into, basically, so then people's, but they're like, that's too long. So some people are like, I'm going to call you Henry. And I was like, perfect. We love it. And then some people are like, I'm just going to call you Hen. Uh, and this was mainly when I was like with English, my English speaking friends after moving to the UK because I was studying there. And so just so you know, like it was like English speaking people, they're like, I can't really pronounce your name. I don't know, like, I'm just going to call you Hen or Henry. And I was like, perfect. Cause, and I was like, you know. Especially when people started calling me head, because I was like, that's the gender neutral pronoun. <laughs> so that fit very well, because this happened before I came out. Then I remember when I came out, people were like, oh, can I still call you head? And I was like, absolutely. And then people back home started catching on to the fact that people were calling me head. And they were like very confused, because they're like, it's not like the pronoun you want to be using. And I was like, yes, but... <laughs> So it's essentially turned into both my name, but also my pronouns. But yeah, but most people in Norway, they just call me like Henry and then use the hen pronoun instead of using hen as a name. <laughs> so yeah, in Norwegian, we have han, hen, and hen. So I guess it was like a very, like a, a very special moment when you saw it in media. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, really cool for me. <laughs> We do. You know what? We talk about D&D really affecting people's journeys. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really want people to know that and stress that like definitely the things that you're doing are, are beneficial. Mm -hmm. And yeah, once I found like safe spaces, like being able to explore, you see different pronouns through a different character or like being like seeing just how that fits or even names, trying names Mm -hmm. with different characters it's such a cool way. And I've played with games with other queer people where they've been like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a girl and I'm gonna use she her and I'm like, okay, I see you and then like they'll come out later and like <laughs> it makes my heart really happy. <laughs> you know, people finding themselves and like having a space like a safe space to explore these things mm-hmm. that they're trying to figure out. And yeah, D D can be like honestly it has saved people like I know D&D genuinely like saved my life at some like it it helped me fully like become who I am now and uh yeah that's why D&D is always gonna have such a big like place in my heart but just tabletop games in general 10 out of 10 way to explore (laughs) Uh, like I said if you have like a safe group amazing ways to like have fun and explore identity yeah and not just gender and and Mm -hmm. like just how your personality is and how words come out of your mouth and you know the ability to be maybe an authority figure or be a little stronger than you normally are even just to open yourself up to affection or love or you know Mm -hmm. I currently play a character that's really reserved and I am an oversharer myself. And so I'm now thinking about the way that I overshare, mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> creating boundaries in my day-to-day life, which is, is wild, but I have a safe space that I can, Ooh, like, Oh, I don't, mm-hmm. I would want to tell you that. Cause I want you to know everything about me, but my character wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm dealing with the, the, the stress of, battling what my brain wants to do versus what is authentic to my character mm-hmm. yeah no I get that like yeah it's a good way to just explore personality too this is very different to what you were describing but we played and uh, like the Disney one shot and I was playing like a Karen which was so funny and it was kind of cathartic for me who I've worked in customer service I've dealt with a lot of Karens and to be able to like bring that energy and like be the Karen 
for once. That was very, very fun for me. <laughs> I wish Karens understood that people that worked in customer service could out Karen them any oh, day. Oh, yeah, like I if- could out Karen you. If I was allowed to, I could out Karen you any day. <laughs> You're coming for the wrong people, mm-hmm. ma'am. Or sir. For them. <laughs> for them. <laughs> Equal opportunity to have Karen yes, anybody, yes, yes, yes. okay? Yeah, anybody can be a Karen. Exactly. Karen is a state of mind. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, what else, Adrian? What are you thinking? Well, we're about to hit the hour mark. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd like to say that, or, you know what? Let me just jog my brain real quick. Hold up. <laughs> oh, let's just do a real simple question. What was your first D&D, um, D&D character? Oh. What does that mean, Hen? Oh. Okay. The very first time I played D&D was... I barely remember it, but it was... I think it was a human male paladin. I just remember it was a paladin, right? Because I was, and I remember being like, I was going to be a man that was like going to be doing that. I'm like, I'm going to be a strong man. And like, I'm going to have a cool ass sword, but also be able to do some magic. It's going to be cool. I did not know how to play a paladin at all. And I realized very quickly at that table that people were frustrated at the fact that I didn't know how to play any. So this was the thing. <laughs> uh, honestly, if you are wanting to be to start getting into D&D, make sure like you're looking for groups that are going to be welcoming to people who don't know anything. Because mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, a lot of groups are not. And I learned that the hard way. And that was just a part of the reason... Why I was like, after that, I was like, yeah, no, this is not for me. It, this is too confusing. It's too much. I do not know anything about what I'm doing. And it was very overwhelming. And again, I, wa- I had to watch like Dimension 20 and like other D&D shows to kind of learn how to play, if that makes sense. And like when I tried playing again myself, I had learned that like, oh, I know what these terms are. I know what this means. I recognize the name of these spells. I know what this does. And uh, so if you're getting, if you're feeling overwhelmed to join a group, maybe watch people play some D&D and like learn that way. But also, yeah, make sure your group is actually welcome to beginners because unfortunately not every group is. Yep. My actual first character that I played in a long-term campaign was a changeling bard, uh, which was very, very fun. Like. No, that's not our game. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. So I think that I the only experience I've personally had of having like a, a DM who wasn't very friendly was someone who was just like beating up on me because I was the new guy. Like, because they were like, they're allowed to beat up on you because they don't really know you. Like mentally, that's what they say. And I'm like, hey, my character has a negative reaction. It's like, why is your guy acting so hostile? And I'm like, yes, your characters are fucking with me. Like, like he's like, I don't get what's going on. And I'm like, <laughs> you're being an asshole. So my character does not, like, has literally no allies at this point, you know? <laughs> so why would I be nice to you at this point? And they're like, you're being a problem. I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I was just like, I'm just playing a character. I think that's yeah. also why it's important to do a session zero mm-hmm. as well. Like to make sure that, especially if you're going to be in like a longer campaign, you need to not only make sure that you as players and like people are, you know, vibing and having a good time together, but also that your characters can work well together to at least some extent, like, I know it, within our party and coming together naturally, there's, you know, there's tension, there's <laughs> there's stuff, but we at least know that, like, we can work together and, like, we can make a story and, like, obviously us as players are happy to do that. But, again, like, it could not be, like, there doesn't have to be, like, a specific reason necessarily, but you can just be, like, this table, like, this group of people, it just doesn't really work, and that's okay. Right. You should then try 
try a different table. Uh, I would also just point out that that first time that you guys come together as a group, the first time you play as a group is going to feel awkward. Oh, yeah. Like first, mm-hmm. second, third session may feel weird. It's going to feel like a first date. You're going to be like, I don't know where to put my hands. Um, so if you are feeling a little extra nervous, it's going to it, – everybody feels like that. Like it's not going to fit in together perfectly the first time. It may, and that's great and wonderful, but the expectation shouldn't be like, oh, my God, we're going to be great. This immediately first off the bat. Mm-hmm. Also, as a player who's gotten frustrated with somebody at my table because they didn't know the rules, I'm going to tell you the the single rule that you need to know playing D&D, you have to roll the D20 for fucking checks because I have played a game <laughs> with somebody for a fucking year and a half and they were like, what do I roll? Bro, you roll the one fucking dice that we need to roll. The one fucking dice. Mm-hmm. So like... <laughs> as long as you have that part down you're gonna find a table that will accept you i mean i'm accepting also, and i love you but like my one rule that i say the one rule in dnd that you have to know is that the whole point is that you're supposed to have fun it's a game you're supposed to have fun you're supposed to have a good time even if your character isn't necessarily going through a good time like, <laughs> but the point is like <laughs> you're supposed to like this is something that you're doing because it, it it's supposed to be like fun or like a hobby like it's not meant to be something that you're dreading doing you know yeah so if you're having fun yeah if you're having fun you're doing it right if every if everybody at the table is having a great time you did it you won D. you won it you won it <laughs> just be able to identify a d20 if you're gonna sit at my table <laughs> Fair, I'll point it out to you. I'll make sure you know, but like and tape it to their hands. I'm not look, and it's not like the D ten. I understand D ten, D twelve. We don't use those dice as many. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know what a D twenty is, I'll I'll teach it to you three times. If you can't figure out what the fuck the D six is, I'm gonna fight you because <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've been like roll a d6 and people have been kind of confused for a oh sec God. and then I have to, and then I have to point out it's just a normal one and they're like oh shit I'm dumb but it's so funny every time they realize like oh the d6 is just like the regular <laughs> the one that's time. in your fucking monopoly board yeah. bro <laughs> but it's just because they're not sorry, used to sorry it doesn't it have being, dots yeah but it's not being, <laughs> it's not they're not used to it being called like a d6 no right but it, no, and I I under like. But I'm, also, I'm I was there. You know, I was that person that was like, "Wait, what's a D four? What's a D like?" You know, I yeah. I've been there. So, but you learned them, <laughs> yeah. And it didn't take a year and a half. It did not take a year and a half. No, <laughs> I would line up their dice. I would line up their dice for them in order and be like, "This is the one that you need." Mm-hmm. And if I didn't do that, I knew I was going to get upset. Maybe that's it. I just babied. Babied him for too much. Ah. And then, look, he opened, he would roll on his fucking phone. And then he was like, what do I need to roll? At this point, you're just putting it into your phone. The D20. D20. You need to roll. Anyways, I'll mm-hmm. get off my, I'll get off my <laughs> I swear to God. I can't. That's too, look at me. That's too much. To not be able to identify which one you have to roll when you're making You have trip. to teach already. You're done yeah. teaching. You're a teacher. No, I mean, <laughs> this was in the past when I wasn't teaching oh. shit. Like, it's yeah. the quite like, which one? I Okay, you have you to know, roll to attack. Okay, which one do I roll for attack? Mm-hmm. The big one. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen so many comparisons like, oh, I have to treat my D&D party the way I treat my kindergartners. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? <laughs> it's true. And then somebody was like, oh, you want to give your players like a puzzle? Just go to like, try to find like a puzzle for like elementary school kids or like something very basic, like something that would take a preschool. Like if you want a maze, go find something that a, a preschooler could do in like 10 minutes and your players will take two hours find the easy and i'm like yes and like as the dm i'm like this is very true you have to treat them as kindergartners and then also as a player i'm like yeah you have to treat me as a kindergartner 
Hold my hand, please. Hold my hand, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell I know me you me? only have two, and you have five of us, but hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Henry, where can they find you? People can find me across basically all platforms at Jen underscore Hen. That's G-E-N underscore H-E-N. Find them on Twitch. Yeah, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, (laughs) all the places. Mm -hmm. And then also, once again, coming together naturally. Now I don't have to plug anything. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, dear listener, for joining us for another episode of Dungeons and Degrees. You can find us wherever pods are cast. Spotify now has the ability to rate podcasts. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, give us a five star. Anything less and you will absolutely never be able to find your D20 again. And I will yell at you at the table. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to support us financially. We would love it so we can grow. Um, We offer... Lots of different rewards, so go check us out on Patreon, and that's it. I don't have anything else. I don't know why I said and. (laughs) It is what it is. Yes. (laughs) Well, my name's Adrian. And I'm Alex. And I'm Henry. Go have some fun. Boo-doo-boo-boo.